For Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Hey, welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2.19. We want to thank our sponsor, Home Instead Senior Care. They provide trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. And I am so excited about today's show. This is kind of a special bonus for me today. I've been waiting three years to bring you this fabulous guest that I get to talk to today. Miles Pike, (laughs) welcome to the show. Hey, Cassie, thank you so much for having me on. Been looking forward to it for a long time as well. Listen, I scoped you out. I have your bio, and I'm going to give a little bit of your background and then turn you loose. Honestly, Miles, I just can't wait to hear you tell your love story. So that's where I'm going to go. But first, I want to give my listening friends a welcome, and I want them to know I scoped you out three years ago when I first began doing Fireside Talk Radio. I just heard about you through some mutual friends, and you were doing your homecoming service, which you do every year in the spring, and you were doing it at Colonial Hills Baptist Church, which happens to be the church I was baptized in as a 19-year-old. And so oh, there were, I didn't know that. Yeah, there were so, Brother Johnny baptized me, and also Mary, Dave, and I. There are so many ties to that sanctuary and the people there for me that one of my dear friends— uh, this beautiful couple we know uh, introduced me on how to share my faith. I, I mean, I was as a 19 year old, I was, of course, very enthusiastic about what had happened to me because asking Jesus into my heart was such a big life change for me. And, and I gave it so much thought. I had investigated over 30 different religions as a young person. I was always kind of a book nerd. So that wasn't too hard for me to do. I was in the library anyway all the time. But anyway, and then I accepted Jesus because it finally I understood he was the one, the only one in all those religions I had researched. He was the only one who sought me out, that God himself came and looked for me and had the power to change my life. So that's my story in a, just in a nutshell. I don't usually share that, Miles, but I think you're just having that kind of effect on me today. <laughs> Okay, let me give let me get back on track here as I'm I'm going off on my little tangents. So you, one of the first things Miles said if, says if you open up his website and you're going to want to know where to find him if you're listening in because I, I'm going to share so much about him. But as you get to know him, you're going to want to know him better. Look for him at Miles M I L E S Pike P I K E Music dot I'm going to say net. Is that right? Oh no, no dot com. Dot com. Miles, yeah. MilesPikeMusic.com. Uh, 
And uh, here's what, if you go there, here's the first thing on his website about him. He says, I was born one Sunday and in church the next, literally. When you were about 12, your voice changed and you went from a high soprano child voice to a low bass voice. He talks about, Miles, on your website, you talk about having a five octave singing range. And I have a feeling there are people listening that actually know what that means. For myself, I just love the way you sound. You, you, and being gifted, I know this because while I'm not musical, my my daughter is an artist, and I watched her go from a person with talent to a person who literally developed the skills to use that talent to draw anything she sees. And that was not an easy process; it took a long time. So when you're in your bio, you write about a little bit about that. And you went to the Stamps Baxter School of Music in Nashville. I, I wondered, are you a Jacksonville native? I am. Uh, Jacksonville is our zip code. So if you write us a letter or something, that's the town you're going to punch in. But we're actually 20 miles or 20 minutes uh, outside of Jacksonville in a little community called Pierce's Chapel. And um, we are... Uh, to say we're a native is to put it mildly. Uh, we live on family land that goes back six generations. I love it. Well, I love your accent. Of course I would. I just feel like I'm, I'm home with you and country music and gospel music that Jacksonville East Texas area, that is home turf. I mean, we've had some amazing stars come out of our neighborhood. I know Neil McCoy is a Jacksonville boy. So gospel my dad went to school with him. No, really? Well, gospel yeah. and country music just have roots here with us. So it I just found this interesting. And it's the last thing I'm going to borrow off your website and your bio, because I have questions, real questions I want to ask you. But you've done over 1,600 concerts. You've been to Europe to do concerts. You've been in 43 states. And the I don't want to forget to mention you are legally blind. Now, coming back to how many states you've been in, I, I just need to know, in case anybody's listening, is there a state you've never been to, like, say, at Hawaii or Alaska, that you wish somebody would just please invite you to come to a concert? I tell you what, after uh, 2020, I, we'll go anywhere because <laughs> our our schedule has been so gutted from the shutdowns. We're uh, it's, it's just slow getting back, but that's true for all artists. I mean, there were some businesses that thrived during COVID. There were some that really wasn't affected, and then there were some that it just uh, put it on life support, and that's kind of where we've been for the past year. And really, really looking forward to getting back into some churches and and seeing people once again. It's been a very hard season, uh, but um, but yeah, well, we'd <laughs> we'd love to uh, come out wherever you're listening from. And uh, once things relax over in Europe as well, we hope to get back over there for a, another another go around. Well, I'm going to call this episode, I think, Harmony and Marriage, Choosing a Uniting Mission, or maybe Choosing a Purpose that Unites. And I, I thought that was so perfect for you and your beautiful wife, who I've also met, managing, mm-hmm. wrangling your beautiful children backstage three years ago. And I think <laughs> you just, just had the one and she was pregnant with the twins. Is that correct? Three years. Um, how, think- how old are the twins? If it was three years ago, it was just the one. Uh, there is only a year and a half between our oldest, who just turned three, and the twins. And so we had three kids in 18 months. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I caught you in that moment because I really remember identifying. And, and I believe you guys knew you were having twins because my heart was so amazed by her. So that's where I want to start. I, I cannot imagine the conversation that led her to say yes to marrying you if she had known, like the day I met her, how much work she was going to be doing behind the scenes. So talk to me a little bit about how that has how that developed your love story and how that has kept you united in this time right now that's been so tough. Oh, goodness. Well, um, one thing that's kind of unique with both of us is, um, for me, I never thought I'd get married because I didn't think I would meet anyone that met my requirements <laughs> in, in terms of, uh, of, of being, uh, to have a heart for the ministry. Uh, like like I wanted and needed because with my vision I'm not able to drive so I needed someone who was willing to be there every concert preferably someone who could uh, take part in the concerts and um, you know and be in it a hundred percent as I would be and uh, and also just uh, you know a godly a godly person and somebody that I could envision being cooped up in a vehicle for tens of thousands of miles. <laughs> Um, she's amazing. So, I mean, she's she's so beautiful. Well, I I won't argue with you there. I, she is um, for for me uh, the irony of my legally of me legally being blind is it was love at first sight. Uh, <laughs> now for for her there was four years of negotiations in order. So I never <laughs> thought I'd get married because I didn't think I'd ever find someone. And Martha just had no intention of getting married. She thought she would give herself to you know, church ministry, and she thought she was, you know, called to singleness and just couldn't really picture that. But once uh, once we got to talking and we just went from acquaintances to friends to best friends and we uh, began to date in um, July, we was engaged by September and we was married December. So once we got the ball rolling, it, it rolled really fast. But but yeah, I I was really hoping and pushing and praying that that four years, uh, just trying to to nail her down to where she'd say yes, but um, it, it's been such a godsend. So many things that she thought she was going to do with her life, and ways that she prepared for what she thought was ahead, God turned it on its head, and she's doing something completely different. But it's all helped her in the in the realm of ministry that that she has now. So she's not only the uh, the driver and and the mom, but uh, she's fantastic at office work and editing, helping me with sermons. Uh, she's a accomplished pianist, arranger, composer, and so she just fills a lot of roles. And uh, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful joy. We we never run out of things to talk about, and um, and we really love the road life. Have missed it a lot here lately. Well, I'm, I'm, we're going to have to go to break, and I'm really sad about that. I don't want to forget to tell people to find you at Miles, M-I-L-E-S, Pike, music.com. When we come back, I'm going to hone in a little bit on how you were raised in the church and how that music can impart and impact, the, like impart uh, faith and impact the hearts of your children because I see you and Martha doing that really beautifully in your own family. Y'all are such a family that steps out in faith. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. 
Now, don't forget, you can find everything that Miles and I are going to talk about today. We're also going to do a second podcast today, so I want you to look for that, too. Uh, the second one I think we're going to call Smarter Kids, Genius, and Fostering uh, Genius in Your Kids Through Music. You can find all of my stuff at Kathy Crafty, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com. Stay with us. We're going to be talking truth with an extra Texas twang today because I got my East Texas native with me. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Want to move from coexisting to cherished? From isolated to influential? Hi, this is Kathy. Just for you, we have two books out now devoted to creating better conversations. Life-changing conversational adventures. Marriage Conversations, From Coexisting to Cherished, is 20 chapters packed with easy, practical ideas This is the book I wrote for my kids. It's brimming over with personal stories and stuff I learned the hard way. Then The Well, The Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversations explores over 40 different ways Jesus launched the woman at the well from lonely to leadership. You can find our books with our wonderful publishers, Cross River Media and Elk Lake Publishers, at local bookstores or at Amazon.com. Buy two, one to read out loud to your hubby and one to share with a friend. Order yours today and have your own conversational adventures tonight. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? It's home. Where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1 800 455 CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in home services like 24 hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. Oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, we're back, and we're talking to Miles Pike. And what I wanted to talk about was how music unites us, Miles. Before before I turn you loose on that, I want to give a shout out to one of my friends. One of the smartest guys I ever knew, I went to high school with him, Mark House. His first job out of uh, college, well, he was still in college when he was programming the, I don't know, some kind of technology on for NASA. But he does a daily blog called leadingwithmusic.net. And in it, he, that, I think that's where I got the .net. You know, I tried to put that on the end of your website, Miles. But Mark does a, he does a web he does a blog every day and he talks about people like that he's actually worked with like Steve Jobs. So if you're interested in music, he also gives a history of a lot of the rock and roll like my whole 
music education has been expanded by Mark because he sends these out every day and I try to read them. So anyway, I just mentioned that in case you're listening because you love music and you saw Miles Pike's name and you just were wanting to hear what he had to say. Miles, I want to talk to you a little bit. You know, one of my special things is I actually get um, I get persecuted for this <laughs> in my own family. Let me just say there are some people. In, I hate to even admit this on air, but there are certain unnamed anonymous people in my family who don't actually enjoy opening. The, they like the hymnals and they like singing the hymns. They don't actually enjoy singing all five verses of every single hymn. I, I don't understand that. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's the hymns themselves or is it me and my voice contributing to the sort of attempts at harmony. I'm not really sure. But anyway, I so in even though some of my children and grandchildren may not get why we have to sing all the verses, I personally love the old hymns. So I didn't want to miss a chance to ask you to talk to me a little bit about how that music impacted you growing up and how you see it as you travel across our country, how you see it impacting and even into Europe and other places you've been. Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, I am, uh, as far as what I have recorded and what I'm interested in, in terms of gospel music, I'm very much a musical smorgasbord. I enjoy all different styles. I've recorded all different styles, and pretty well all of my projects have uh, not only a theme, uh, but generally a sound that kind of ties each song together. And so I'm just mentioning that because stylistically I'm all over the map. Um, But I think one thing that that, that is a, a point of contention, to put it mildly, yeah. Uh, is is hymnody within the church, and the reason is, you know, the, they do have a a dated sound or or the wording. But one thing that people don't think about is for every hymn that we have, and that and that has been carried on through, you know, certainly decades, if you're going to call it a hymn, but even centuries and sometimes millennia. Mm-hmm. For every hymn we have, how many hundreds and thousands of songs fell by the wayside? Wow. And and so this is what the the church, the universal church, would deem as the cream of the crop. These articulate the truth and have spoken to uh, de- denominations all over the world, to generations, to uh, people of all ages, and so there's a reason they have hung around. And 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 to flip that coin to the other side, I want you to consider. And I'm not going to. I don't want to pick on any particular artist or anything else. But in today's world, where I mean, goodness, if if uh, the world population was however many hundreds of million, you know, hundreds of millions back then. We've got billions of people. How many more people are writing now, and how many more of the songs that you hear on K-Love or a contemporary station that plays nothing but new stuff, what percentage of those are going to fall by the wayside in 10 years, 5 years? And some of them will be played uh, today, and you won't hear them again. They haven't lasted a week or a month because they just didn't catch on. And uh, today the emphasis is so much more on 
the beat, the emotion, the the groove, you know, how it makes you bob your head going down the road in your car, and less on the content. Well, I believe the church is a great crucible over time for weeding out weak songs. And it's not that the songs are not true, but there's some songs that, whether it be content-wise or melodically, they're just going to, they're going to slough off. And so that's why the hymns are so valuable to the church. I love it. Okay, so I would do this for you, but I'm not going to. (laughs) But to your point, we we uh, enjoy having some Irish uh, influence marry into our family, and I already had the perfect song for those beautiful grandchildren that I have now that have Irish ancestry through their their dad's side of the family. So be thou my vision. I can actually sing that with an Irish accent. If you can imagine our, my Irish terrible Irish accent layered over my East Texas accent. <laughs> <laughs> but my grandchildren love that song and they ask for it. It's now one of their favorites. And I think it probably was even before they say, heard me sing it in Irish. I mean, not real Irish, but just my interpretation. Okay. Instead of. A wee little Irish lilt. <laughs> see, there you go. Okay. Um, I don't think I can do it on air. It's too, I have to, I have to be really relaxed. <laughs> um, but I guess Pike, is that English or Irish? Miles. Um, I believe my my wife is the one that has climbed the family tree uh, here lately, but I believe there's a lot of different influences between the my, my mom and dad side. So I'm pretty well just a mutt, but I believe Pike is English uh, origins. Okay, um, in, instead of singing to you in my Irish lilt, which would probably hurt people's ears, I, instead I'm just gonna hit this button on my on my laptop, and we're gonna see what happens. Okay, I want to give people a sample. All right. Okay, I'm saying I'm going to. Let's see. Oh. Did that come over the air, Miles? Could you hear it? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. I love that. I, I mean, that's just a little demo sample on your website. And I just hit the button and there it was. So the, earlier today, I'm just going around my house singing that in a very loud voice because there was no one home but me. Anyway, thank you for that. I just I just love what you're doing. There, There's so many samples of your music. I, I would, if I had the sound capabilities to do justice to your music, I would have asked you to prepare something and sing for us. But I knew this was all about talk. So tell me, because we'll run out of time, and we're going to come back to this a little bit in the other episode, but um, tell me a little bit about some of the things you do with your own children to foster that love of music that you have. Well, aside from, uh, you know, them being in pretty much every concert that we do, unless it happens to be nap time, um, <laughs> they, you know, we're, we're in church every Sunday that it's open and of course 2020 complicated that a bit but um but no i think a a a preeminence of church life you know if the doors are open you're there and immersing them in ministry life but um just a quick sampling of what our normal day looks like uh we go through 
you know, a portion of scripture at, at, at meals. But then whenever it comes time for, for bed, you know, we, you know, choose something we're thankful for. We, we, you know, encourage them in, in prayer, which the, t- the, t- the twins are too young at this point, but, but Lily, she's learning how to pray and um, how to think of things that she's thankful for. We always do, um, you know, her, her Bible story. We do the, the, the question and answer catechism. But the last thing right before bed is she wants to do one song that is new that she's never heard before. And thankfully, <laughs> I've got such a catalog in my head that I can pull that off. That's um, amazing. But then we also have, we do one that she knows, and I expect her to sing it with me. And it's a way of, of her learning, not just the musical element of it and, and learning to sing, but to to get the words and to understand, and uh, she for for months she fixated on one song and she wanted it every time she wanted Christ the Lord is risen today, and so she oh. knows all three verses of that old hymn. So we do that every single night, and um, and so that that's kind of the the day by day element that doesn't change. Wow! So twenty twenty one Easter that song is perfect. What what a wonderful thing for a three-year-old to know. I mean, that is so dear, especially given the year we had last year. I love it that, that that's been the, the direction your family has traveled. It doesn't surprise me a bit, Miles. I mean, what a great thing to do with your grandkids. Now, when my kids were little, and this was, or actually it was, yeah, it was my kids. So their their cousins would come. And so we would have hymn time every night before bed because I love hymns and I would just sit on the floor and just sing all with my little flashlight while they were, you know, in their beds in the dark and we'd sing all five hymns or whatever, but I mean, all five verses, but they called them M and M's cause they didn't know what hymns were. <laughs> and so, isn't that funny? They would ask, uh, you know, aunt Kathy, can we have M and M's? So they didn't mean chocolate, but I thought that was kind of nice. that They associated it with something so wonderful. Well, I love music, and I love having you on the show, Miles. You're, you're just such a sweet guest. We have one minute. So if you want to give me one sentence to summarize your life and your time with your own beautiful children, I'm going to give you a split second, and then I'm going to close off the show. Well, uh, one thing I would say with your children, if, if you're listening to this and you're wanting to start to do uh, some of this musical catechesis and, and doing catechism with them, uh, I know we'll be talking more about that later, but uh, be purposeful and be consistent. Your children in every area of their growing up, consistency is one of the most important things that that I would put on that list. And so certainly when it comes to biblical things, and uh, and the things of the church, be consistent in attendance and in your uh, in in your daily going to the Word of God. So they see that as a priority. I love it. Thank you so much for that, Miles. You can get all this information at kathycraffy.com, and I will put Miles' website in a link so it'll be easy for you. I'll write some more information about him. We may even put in this sample of some of his music. So look for that at Kathy Crafty. Dot com where we speak truth with a Texas twang. Oh, no. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. 
thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. All settled. Got in peace.